Welcome to the With Beth podcast. I'm Beth Levis, creator of edible collagen brand by Beth. Like so many of us, I've always been intrigued by stories of empowerment. Whether that story is about career, business, a health challenge, or a more personal journey. I deeply admire those who can overcome obstacles and come out on top. So please join me as I speak to some incredible Australians who have inspiring experiences to share. So welcome, Olivia. Thanks for having me, Beth. Pleasure. Thank you for coming in. So the big question, which we all want to know, is how is your approach to health and nutrition so unique? Yeah, certainly I think unique is the right word. Mm -hmm. I think the umbrella term and sort of common term is holistic nutritionist. For me, it goes a lot further. Holistic nutrition is, I mean, it's not just nutrition, it's health in general, but it's just looking at the body as a whole. Yes. um, Which I guess is kind of well known in some communities, but in a greater global sense, I don't think is really quite there yet. Like a lot of intervention and medical work still kind of focuses on this single single outcome, single intervention mm-hmm. when the human body is so complex mm-hmm. and everything relates to one another. Like we know this. Yeah, but it's still just a new thing because I remember I was going through a phase where I had chronic fatigue and I was suffering a lot from brain fog. And I had one of Australia's leading neurosurgeons tell me that the gut has nothing, no relation to the brain. And at that point, I realized there's a real dissection in between the amount of knowledge we have with the nutrition of the inside and the impact that has on our whole body. So that was very eye-opening to me when the, yeah. the, a leading neurosurgeon was saying that. So I think we've come a long way, but I think we've got a long way to go. Absolutely. It's still so new. So that's kind of what I do as a nutritionist. And when it comes to nutrition, what that means is just we don't look at just the food in isolation. Like it's your stress levels, your mental health, everything. And for me, what I think is quite unique is I even go a step further that it's not just the whole body, looking at the whole body, but it's looking at your whole place in almost the ecosystem. And to me, eating and choosing different foods is how you connect to the earth, basically. Like we get all the nutrition from the soil, from the sun that goes into the plants we eat or into the animals that we eat that eat the plants. And so it's such a beautiful way. And and that is literally what becomes ourselves. You know, all those sort of things we break down, vitamins and minerals become our neurotransmitters, our hormones. They feed our gut bacteria. I mean, I always like to say people think I'm crazy, but What we eat quite literally becomes us. Yeah, but I mean, to say that you're crazy, am I correct in saying perhaps people thought that more a decade or two ago and are slowly becoming more educated in this field and therefore are realising that you're right? I still don't think it's there yet. No, I, I think- know we've got a long way to go, but I'm hoping we're, we're becoming more educated. We're definitely becoming more educated. I think holistic nutrition now is becoming, you know, I think we've moved from, it used to be that a sort of doctor might say, oh, and eat healthy, just on tacked on the end of like a whole list of things, kind of as this addition to yes. s- just, just because, yes, just because you should. But I think now we're really seeing it's moving from just an add-on to an actual intervention yes. as part of the actual medical intervention or health intervention because it's really shown to have a therapeutic benefit. So I think that is what we're just starting to see. Definitely a decade ago would have just been like, do all this stuff, nutrition, oh, because, yeah, eat healthy too. Yeah. But now it's like, okay, how can we manipulate our diet to really kind of hopefully fix a lot of things. Like I love using diet first. I always think it should be a first kind of line of defense because there's no bad side effects to eating well. (laughs) Like only good can come from it. So I can't do any damage. 
Yes. Exactly. And, and, and it's funny, you know, because I grew up in a household where my parents always tried to make sure we ate healthy, but, you know, we'd ask why. And the reason was just because. So there was no education around that. And so, uh, you know, I don't consider myself a, a leading expert in nutrition by any means. But when my kids are asking me, oh, I just want pizza, you know, why are we eating this? I'm like, okay, we're eating this protein because of X, Y, Z. We're eating these plants because they're doing this to your body and they're going to help heal this. And, and um, you know, I just went away with my eldest daughter and consciously every now and then just popped out a little thing. Did you know that, you know, if you eat this, you'll get, you'll get this benefit and they roll their eyes at me, but I'm just hoping that it (laughs) sticks a little bit. And I just, you know, the more education they have around this, hopefully, yeah, uh, you know, maybe if they intake 50% of it, by the time they turn into adults, they'll be a much healthier version than I was when I was in my early twenties. They'll see you. I think a lot of it is also unspoken. If they just Mm. see you eating well, like that's what they see and take in that sort of visual in- that's information true. as well. They look at my cow salad and think that's disgusting. <laughs> and I'm like, just you wait. <laughs> yeah. But you ask a lot of people now and like how they grew up eating is such a big part of it. So yes. yeah, yeah, you're definitely doing all the right things. <laughs> Thank you. I'm sure I'm making lots of mistakes, but I'm trying my hardest. That's for sure. You spoke a little bit about um, mental stability and using nutrition. You know, after university, you suffered from depression and low moods. So you started investigating the connection between food and mental health. How much do our food choices and our mental well-being intersect? So much. I mean, it kind of seems obvious if you think about it, like, of course, Mm. what we eat is going to affect our health in all ways, including our mental health, you know. And that's another thing that we're sort of seeing now. It's eating well is not just for how you look, mm-hmm. which I think it was that way for a, for so yes. long. It was yes. purely associated how to be with skinny. your weight. Yes. And now it's not. It's how to think healthy, how to be more productive, how to have more energy, how to be in a better mood, nicer person, all those things. So on so many levels, your diet interacts with that. It's, you know, a lot of that comes from inflammation. Mm. So of course, eating anti-inflammatory is going to have an effect and lessen our chance of developing those symptoms, nutrient deficiencies as well. So a lot of nutrient deficiencies, the outcome is symptoms of depression, like low moods. So like vitamin D, magnesium, B vitamins, zinc, you know, someone might think they're having, you know, some kind of depression or something, but in reality, they're just lacking some of those minerals. And that's, Mm. that's crazy because you could really take a dietary intervention to address some low moods or hopefully at least help it in some way. Yeah. And then hormonal as well. So there's a huge hormonal aspect to mental health, of course, being governed by neurotransmitters. And of course, your diet affects your hormonal health. So it's another way that this all kind of comes around in full circle. And really, it's a really important thing to look at when it comes to mental health is your diet. Again, like I said before, a first line of defense, Mm. like address that, see how far you can get with that, and then take other measures where you need to. But I'm curious to know, with the community that follows you, what percentage of the people that are asking you have that knowledge of that relation between nutrition and mental health? Or do you persistently keep getting those questions around, are you sure this really does work? You know, because I say that, you know, the average Australian does not use food as medicine. And even though they've got the education around that, they persist and consistently eat the wrong foods and then, like you said, think that they have a medical problem, depression, whereas perhaps it's actually a deficiency in nutrients of some kind. Yeah. People that follow me, I think, is a really sort of niche group of people and they're people that have already kind of 
they're already seeking answers for this stuff. So I don't need to do much convincing Mm -hmm. that a holistic lifestyle may have an effect. And I would never say that it's going to treat and cure anything, but I do think it has a big effect. And it's an important thing to look at, especially if you're an individual, just to help yourself because it's something you really can do yourself without needing to see a specialist. Like you can just change your own dietary habits. Which I'm guessing you've done yourself. You've you've been your own guinea pig. You've experienced something and you've used food to change it. You have to. So yeah, in that community, definitely it's a really beautiful kind of, they're really open, I find, to new ideas, which is beautiful. Mm -hmm. So, and hopefully I sort of communicate them well. Um, And I'm not, I never tell people what to do. I just explore ideas and I direct them to experts that are far like greater than I am, but it's just Mm -hmm. what I've been learning. In my social circle, like outside of that, I definitely, it's the opposite. Like I get those responses where people like, well, you know, that doesn't do anything. How can that do anything? And I kind of just, you know. <laughs> yeah, no, it's the same with me. And, I, and my common response is why don't you try it and, uh, you know, just see proof is in the pudding. See how that makes you feel. Yeah. Um, or you can, the other way is I'm like, that's, I don't really care what you think yes. <laughs> if you don't believe in it because yes. it's it's helping me and who who are you to say that I can't do something that's helping me? <laughs> no, no, no. I, and I've never, I've never had someone tell me not to do it, but but I've always had a lot of disbelievers. Um, Absolutely, yeah. Um, and and to use one a recent one, I've got a relative who's a personal trainer, and he just couldn't get his head around the fact that an infrared sauna combined with green juices and kale was really going to make a big impact on uh, mood and and overall well being. So it's um, I yeah, we've got a long way to go. That's yeah. for sure. So. How have you found your healing process to be empowering? That's a really big question I want to ask. Do you find it empowering and how? Hugely. Yes. Because I think it kind of gives you a bit more power back. Mm -hmm. Um, And even when I talk to other people who I may be helping or something, a lot of them come to me really sort of down about something in their body that's not quite working. And I've got to tell them that this is what I say, everyone has their thing. Mm -hmm. Like nobody's perfect and our bodies are all a touch more susceptible to different things. It's actually, you can be grateful for it because you've got the knowledge or you can seek the knowledge to kind of, once you're aware of those things. So for me, you know, if I'm not looking after myself, I tend more towards sort of low moods, those kinds of issues. For other people, they get skin issues, which is something that I don't have, you know. So everyone's got their thing and you've just got to kind of empower yourself with that. So I found it really empowering just to like acknowledge it and be like, okay, this is just how my body is. I'm going to do my research and kind of do as much as I can to help it in a way that feels good to me. Mm. You know, one of the mantras I tell my teenage daughters all the time is that food is medicine and food is therefore power. And like you just said, you've got the power in your hands to redirect your entire body, mental, physical well-being it's just a it's a matter of personal choice whether you do it or not. So I guess on that, you know, what would your key message of using food as empowerment be to all of your followers? I think it's a combination of tuning into your own personal needs, learning, and then kind of also taking some time to just connect. I yes. find we're all kind of sitting in this world. There's so much information being thrown at us. It's very hard to kind of go straight from there to action. Mm -hmm. You kind of have to take it in, digest it. Even the stuff that I say and that we're saying here, take it and digest it and apply it to your yourself. So it's applying some of that individual nature because you just can't replicate things all the time. And without that in-between step, I think it's too hard 
for mm. things to actually stick because mm. they may not be right for you and your personal needs, your personal goals. So it's a lot of, I guess my key message is to actually find the answers within. Yes. Learn as much as you can, digest it, and then tune into yourself. And I really do think that generally, like, you know, depending on the situation, they are there. Yes. You can really feel it in a moment. Like, is this going to be good for me? Does this sort of align with my personal values, my personal needs, my personal goals, or does it not? And it's much more calm and going, oh, okay, like that person said this and all this stuff. It's very confusing. And then you'll never sort of tune into yourself. Which is really great advice there. And I want to talk more. There's so much conflicting advice out there. You know, do you do keto? Do you do paleo? I'm going vegan this week or I'm going to only going to eat carbs. I don't know. There's so many different varieties. Um I guess you know and and you touched on it there but you know what where do people start and and is that all about acknowledgement of what am I feeling today and what is it that I need to work on and and how to be true to oneself but where is a good starting point for someone wanting to take control of their health in a world where there is so much confliction. Yeah, you have to seek learning from the right place which is much easier said than done. So there are a few really great experts in functional medicine. I would do that and beware of anyone that's telling you strictly to do something or not Mm. do something. I think it's really important what you want to read. If you kind of see that, I would just move on from that piece of information. Like you must do this or you mustn't do this. What you want is an understanding. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you mentioned all those diets, which is such a crazy thing because a lot of them are kind of rooted in and a scientific origin or a therapeutic origin, but they just get like taken by the media and swept up into these trends. Yeah, or if a celebrity's doing one. Yeah. <laughs> and then they get turned into something that they're not and all these people do them who shouldn't and then it gets destroyed. But Well, they only report the positives. Yeah. All the negatives, you know. Don't, it's like, don't, don't do this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but it's this real kind of need to kind of be for or against, mm. whereas you want to just – Instead of that, you want to just understand it and then go, okay, is that something I should do or not do? Is there parts of that that I should do or not do? Mm-hmm. And so I try to do that when I'm writing is just to explain stuff. I remember when the keto diet became really popular like six, seven years ago and I just wrote a post explaining it. Yeah. I wasn't recommending anything. I just explained what it was. Yeah. And a lot of people, they loved that because in all of the media circus and the information circus and the social media circus on this keto diet for, against whatever it was, this trend thing, no one actually understood what it was or where it came from. And so no one could make an educated choice. So yeah, I think kind of being aware of what you're reading and who you're reading it from and also take effort to actually understand. I mean, you don't need to understand the the, details and scientific details, but have a basic understanding because then you can make an educated decision if it's something you should explore or if it's not for you instead of this like, no, yes. Yes. I love reading books on nutrition. I actually will always go for a book on nutrition. You know, recently read The Glucose Goddess. I'm reading a book about fiber at the moment. Um, But, you know, it's taking me years to get to the level of education that I'm at nutrition-wise. Um, and years to experiment with what makes my body feel good and what makes my body feel not so good. Um, And I know that's something you discuss as well, that you don't have really strict rules on yourself. It's more about um, experimenting and working out what plants really make your body feel good and your mind feel good. Um, Would you mind just giving us a little bit more information there and, and how you feel at peace with not following rules, but just really being true to yourself there and 
experimenting with the foods and responding. Yeah, I think someone I used to work with called it an N equals one experiment, which, you know, so for those listening, in a scientific study, N is the number of participants. So if N equals one, it's a one person experiment. Generally in the scientific world, that's you don't get a lot of data from that, obviously. You need yes. these huge numbers to get good data. But there also is beauty in an N of one experiment. What better sort of information can you get for your own individual self? And when you are in this world of uh, lots of confusing stuff, do as much as you can to learn. But then that's really where you can kind of solidify things is trying them. And if something really works for you and you've done the research and you've tried it, you don't need much else. You don't need to prove it to anyone. You don't need to label it. You don't need to tell anyone even. Yes. That's just what works for you. And that's beautiful. And that comes, that helps you make a decision if, of what you're eating or what you're doing from a calm place rather than a kind of, I've been forced to do something or someone said this or someone said that. So yeah, I love using your kind of personal self as a guinea pig, I guess. Yes. And going back to what you said about being true to yourself is what, what are your priorities? I was discussing earlier, I used to eat in my twenties for what I wanted to physically look like. And now I eat for health. I've never had so much energy. My skin's never been as good. I've never felt as healthy now compared to any time in my life. So I'm a huge convert yeah. there. That's for sure. I eat for what makes me healthy and what is going to make me feel amazing today and tomorrow. Uh, I just hope my teenage daughters start <laughs> learning that quickly because they're, they're on a roller coaster and I can see it. It's hard because you can see a train crash happening, but, um, you know, mom's always wrong. So it's very hard to direct and prevent the train from crashing, but it's almost sometimes they need to experience that. Totally. They Absolutely. need to hit rock bottom for them to go, okay, yeah, I really don't enjoy this feeling. What do I need to fix it? So yeah, yeah it's really empowering. So, so many people have a complex relationship with food. I know I've always had friends that have had complex relationships with food. One of my best friends always compared her body to mine and, and thought she needed to be more restrictive. How do you transform your relationship with food for the better? It's definitely been looking at food as taking a more spiritual and holistic approach has helped because when you are in that food equals a certain body type mm -hmm. mentality, you're just never going to have a healthy relationship with it because food is so much more. And then food becomes bad or there just becomes all this negative information that's like flooded in your head when you sit down to eat something. Whether it is technically good or bad doesn't matter. Yeah, because if you eat raspberries all day, it's still not going to give you the nutrition you need. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, you know, it's not actually about the food, but that sort of dieting kind of weight loss thing it really does create this negativity around food. And that's what leads to an unhealthy relationship because something's good, something's bad, something's going to make you fat. And who wants to sit down? Like eating is such a beautiful, should be this beautiful, like connecting, healthy experience. And when you're flooded with those thoughts, it becomes none of that, especially if you're rushing, like all of those things. Mm. So taking that more holistic view made a huge difference for me. And looking at it as a way to kind of connect to nature, connect to my true self and I guess, connect to, you know, source or whatever you want to call it, it just automatically changed because it became an act of self-respect. Yes. You know? That's right. And I think maybe even during the last two years, COVID has redirected us and realized that it's okay to be selfish in all respects. You know, you, we have to look after ourselves physically and mentally and something 
we should have learned a long time ago. But I, I, I don't know if you agree. I really feel like the last two years has really brought that home for a lot of us. I know myself particularly. So um, that that Definitely. is, yeah, yeah. It's moved from this kind of self destruction mm. to self respect. And when you look at eating well in that way, I, I have seen that change for sure. And it actually makes it easier. Then you naturally make better choices when it's coming from that place. Yeah. When it's this kind of pacifying emotion or because you hate your body or you hate yourself or all of these terrible or things. Or you feel obligated. Or you feel obligated, you feel forced by yes. your trainer or whoever said something to you. It's never, it becomes this kind of self-destructive behavior and that just snowballs. Whereas all you need is just like that self-worth and it, it's natural. It's it's such a different energy to, even if someone's, you, you could take two people, they're both eating really well, but one's eating from that place of force and I'm fat and I'm ugly and I must do this and I need to fit in by doing this. And one's coming from this place of myself and my body and my family, the people around me deserve mm. this good experience. It's just, it's such a different energy and you naturally make better choices. <laughs> Correct. So, I mean, that sounds like a personal code to me, which you speak about the idea of having a personal code, which I love. So what is this in relation to diet and eating? Yeah, it, it comes back to this thing of where there's so much information thrown at you that it makes decision making hard. So if you take some time to really tune into what makes you feel good and, and everyone can do it, doesn't matter like where you are, you, you always, if you sit down properly and stop like seeking a million answers from other people, you can go, okay, when do I feel the best? Like truly what makes me feel the best? What do I do that I know doesn't feel right? That may be like skipping a meal or eating junk food or like shoveling in, you know, chips on the way home. And you're like, I just know I don't feel great doing that. It's developing this sort of personal set of rules that mean something to you and aligns with your own individual life. So yeah, that's kind of what I think of as a personal code. And it's kind of this grounding place that you can be to be like, this is what works for me, mm-hmm. full stop. <laughs> and do you find it becomes easier? It's like, you know, when you take sugar out of your diet, you, it's something you're addicted to in the beginning and making changes to your diet are very, very hard in the beginning. I know in my personal experience, as I became healthier each year, it just became easier and easier. And any little change I make in my diet now is really often quite seamless and easy. But I remember like, you know, 10, 20 years ago, there was a whole packet of Maltesers there. It wasn't even a mental process of, is this going to make me feel good? It was like a need. I needed to have this. But that was, I think, a reaction to having a bad gut at the time. Um, So is that something you'd advise people that, um, you know, these things do become easier and don't be deterred by by something being hard in the beginning to make changes? Yeah, absolutely. They definitely become easier, but I do think the key to that is where it's coming from in your brain Yes. to kind of what we said before, that it needs to come from the right place and then it does become this seamless sort of integration or change and it's not instead of force. It, it doesn't have to be so forced and so negative. You can have that experience where you just like naturally choose good things 90% of the time, other 10% you indulge and it just feels good. It doesn't so it's 90-10 now, not 80-20? 80, 80, whatever it is. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, okay, I've got to yeah, change that. Okay. But it is, it is possible, this okay. kind of place of yes. just eating well, just to eat well and just for good things. Okay, so then we're all curious, what's your personal code? <laughs> it's surprisingly not about the actual food and that I think is quite important in that it's not a, you know, a set of food that I do and don't eat. Even though I do have that, you know, I try to stay away from sugar and mostly gluten and things like that. But my in my personal code, it's more about the experience. So my one thing is like I won't eat while walking. 
I always sit down to eat or at least, you know. I love that. Yeah. So that's my personal code. And that's just after years, I just know whenever I get stressed and busy and I start doing that, I, I just feel so off. So I always make sure that I can sit down and eat, even if it's, and I put things on a plate, so I don't eat out of the packet. It helps you with portion control too that way. It's just, yeah, and it's just a better experience. Um, it stops that kind of like mindless shoveling. So that's my one thing is I won't eat while standing up, driving, multitasking basically. I always like to sit down, even if it's I'm just having something small. My other one is I'm not a grazer. So I've done like, you know, I think we've all sort of been in those phases, but I, I know for me, I feel much better when I'm just sitting down to have a real meal and I get hungry and then I eat a proper meal and get satisfied <laughs> instead of kind of this all day of like grazing and having little bits. And I find it throws off my hunger levels and I like never really get hungry or full. Yeah. So for me, it's really important to, and that's not for everyone, but that's, I know that for me, that's how I feel better, like having a proper meal and then not kind of snacking all day. It's also a great opportunity to connect, you know, something I say to my kids when they just want to not eat at the same time as us is, you know, a family that eats together stays together. So I think going back to your holistic view on on life, it really enables you to connect and have a wonderful experience with food as well. So people are obviously fascinated by what nutritionists eat. <laughs> I'm sure you get this question a lot, but if you could briefly describe your your day on a plate, how would it go? Yeah. I mean, if you ask me like every year for the past six years, I'd have a different answer, <laughs> but that also is the nature of kind of this experimenting this world well. and it, and also your life changes. Yes. So you, something that worked six years ago is not necessarily going to work for you now. And that's also something that people should feel comfortable with. Always reevaluating, does this work for me and different goals. So that's really important. But the funny thing is that my sort of personal code, as I've called it, stays the same. Mm-hmm. So that I think is a kind of good way to describe that personal code. It's not something that's going to like, it's too specific. That it's it adaptable. Yeah. It's got to be these sort of like pillars of things that make you feel good that no matter where you are, what you're doing, what your goals are, you kind of come back to those set of personal guidelines. But so my day, I wake up, I always have a herbal tea in the morning. I've just, I don't know, I like, that's what I like to do. So at the moment I'm loving dandelion leaf tea. Nice. That's what I'll have and lots of water. I sometimes put magnesium drops in my water. So I'll drink a whole bottle before, like over the first kind of hour of the morning before I have anything else. That like starts me off hydrated and then I kind of taper off my water drinking throughout the rest of the day. But having that in the morning, especially before I have caffeine, is so important. Then I'll have a coffee. So generally an almond milk latte, which I either make at home or get out depending on where I'm going. Then kind of later in the morning, I'll have like a light breakfast. I used to not eat breakfast. Now I'm starting to eat it again. It'll either be two pasture-raised eggs with a few veggies and sauerkraut, or I'll have a smoothie, which I really like. Just I like to keep my breakfast quite light. Same. Yeah. It's to not have a kind of like heavy load on the digestive system in the morning. Then about 1.30, I'll have lunch, 1.30, 2 o'clock, which will be a big salad, lots of like fibrous vegetables and olive oils. I love my oils. Like I'm absolutely not afraid of fat. I think they're so nourishing. So I'll always have olive oil in it. And that's where I have like, you know, where my digestive system's really kind of like up and running. I can like handle and sort of need that boost. So it'll be lots of veggies of kind of any kind, whatever is in season, a protein, which will generally be some fish eggs if I haven't had eggs for the morning, 
maybe some leftover chicken, whatever it is. Sometimes it's tofu or I have, I love iku. They're like a... Yes, I've seen this on your Instagram. Yeah. And I'm quite curious because not only does it look good, but I'm, it's, I'm so time poor often. So yeah. I, it looks like a great are. alternative. Yeah, yeah so I'll get, I'll get those as well. And they're really, they do really beautiful salads, like things that I would make myself, which is what I like. Because I find with a lot of those things, it's not as good as what I would make, which really annoys me. But if I'm time poor, I don't feel like washing up any dishes. I'll have one of those, which is really good. It's all plant-based. They do a great chickpea salad, a quinoa salad. I'll have one of those that's kind of got some kind of protein in it from the chickpeas or quinoa or nuts, tahini. Mm -hmm. Love those. Then that's enough for me kind of till about four o'clock. Then I'll have a little bit of a snack. So it'll generally be some nuts, almonds, a bit of Greek yogurt and some berries or pear, like whatever fruit I have. And then I have dinner, which always changes, depends on who I'm with, what I'm doing. Sometimes I'll do something lighter, like something vegetarian, like a soup. But I love like a classic roast chicken, roast salmon, barbecue. I also eat red meat. So sometimes we'll do a steak or meatballs. I really like good, like proper hearty foods. So. Yes. And quality. And quality. Yeah. So Dinner can be any number of things. I also do gluten-free pizza sometimes. We'll order that. Love sushi. We'll order that if or go out for that. So it, yeah. Dinner Again, will going back change. to your code, you know, you, you're not too restrictive. You're eating for you're eating quality and making sure you're listening to your body and what's making your body feel good. Yeah. And have overall mental and physical well-being. I love it. I, yeah. I've got a very similar personal code. Yeah. Beautiful. But it took me years to get there, though. Like, me too. Yeah, but but yeah. I think almost I had to go through the bad times in order to get to the good times, and I'm so at peace with it now, which is wonderful. Exercise and supplements are the two other questions I want to ask. Are you a believer in supplements, and if you, if so, what do you take, and do you love doing a daily exercise, and if so, what is it? Yes, supplements I definitely think have a place. I think a lot of people maybe take them really unconsciously, so I think – they offer, well, depending on a supplement is like a huge kind of term, depends what it is, but I do take supplements. I take a greens powder occasionally, which has got chlorophyll, wheatgrass, barley grass, chlorella, a few of those sorts of things, and spirulina. So mm -hmm. just kind of those really like deep green sea vegetables and things. I'll take that occasionally. I don't think that's a, necessar a necessity, but I like it. I like MCT oil I have sometimes. I don't have that as much anymore, but I think that's a kind of nice supplement I like to have. And I love little um, mushrooms. <laughs> Those are probably, so they're kind of all food-based. I think supplements absolutely have their place. Magnesium I also take every day. That's probably the number one thing I kind of never stop taking is magnesium. I think most people are actually deficient in magnesium yeah. but don't realise it. Yeah, so everything else kind of cycles around, but I try to keep it pretty minimal. Especially when you're using food as your medicine. Yeah, you're not I don't really, think you need a lot. You don't need a supplement. And if I think a good naturopath will kind of can give you a good guidance on that. But I think it's important to actually have an expert tell you what to take instead of just going to buy a multivitamin or something. Because generally, you know, generally a multivitamin as well is so everything in it is so low because they've got to pack so many things into yeah. it. That and they've got really sugar just, and it's just clever marketing. Yeah. And there's like the active ingredients are so low. So I would with supplements, I definitely think should be tailored to you and your personal needs after you have an assessment or a blood test or whatever by a professional and take Exercise. them therapeutically. Yeah. Exercise. Oh yeah. Exercise is huge for me. I'm not a crazy, I don't do anything super intense though. I You're don't do gymnastics. No. <laughs> I do a lot of walking. Yes. 
funnily enough, I've had years of like doing a million different kinds of exercise, <laughs> high intensity, low intense, all these, but walking is just the one where I feel best at. So I try and do an hour walk a day. I don't always do it, but I know that if I've just got that, I, I feel really good. It's funny because it's the easiest one, but I know that that's sort of like my baseline where I feel best. And then I do Pilates as well. About four times a week, I'll do a Pilates session. That's what I'm doing at that's the moment. That's quite a lot, actually. Yeah. If you walk an hour every day and four Pilates, that's quite a lot. Well, yeah, I won't walk every day, but most days I'll try to or do like half of that. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. Well, thank you. But last one, what are you currently working on? What are we going to see come out of your website, your Instagram, your TikTok? <laughs> always lots of recipes, but I'm working on a book proposal at the moment. Mm, so okay, we're excited. Something I've always wanted to do. So just about the kitchen and I guess basically everything we've discussed here and just making kind of eating and cooking a really holistic, beautiful experience. And the title actually kind of flows into a personal code, but it's kitchen related. So yeah, that's what I'm working on. Well, I look forward to that. And I look forward to that going on my coffee table because slowly than the last 10 years, my coffee table books have transitioned from fashion to nutrition. I'm still yet to see one of my kids open the page. <laughs> um, the intention's there, but I, I really look forward to seeing that book. I, I'm sure it's going to be a huge success. Thank you so much for your time today and sharing your journey and um, giving us your personal code and your insights and how you use food for empowerment and food for medicine. I really appreciate your time. Thank you. Beautiful. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to the With Beth podcast. For show notes and more information about today's podcast and by Beth, head to www.bybeth.com.